Well, I'll tell you this. I'm stoked to be here, but this is under unusual circumstances, and I'm going to tell you all about them right after this. Yeah, it's unusual uh, uh, because it's not Monday. No, it's Monday. Uh, last time I checked. Uh, is it Monday night? Yeah, Monday night's pretty, it's pretty dark out there. Are we drinking beer together? Dang right, we're drinking beer together. Wouldn't be the Toronto Beer Podcast with me, your host, Chris Schreier. If I wasn't going to drink a beer with you. Now, what is the unusual circumstances? Well, funny enough, I got a cold last week. Between this episode and the previous one, I got a little snuffly, a little coffee, <clears throat> sore throat. It was there. It hurt. Still a little sore, if I'm honest with you. And here's the thing about uh, working for the government. Now I got 10 days that I'm not allowed to go to work. So uh, I'm off this week. Crazy. Crazy. But not complaining. Not complaining. And you know what? I'm glad they're doing the right thing. I'm glad they're doing the right thing and taking care of us. So uh, you won't hear me say bad things about it. But it was an unexpected week off. So that's what we got. What are we doing, though? Well, we're drinking beer. And I got to tell you... If you are one of those people who's like, hey, 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 we don't need to talk politics. Hey, 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 hey. Just keep it polite. Hey, 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 hey. I don't need to hear about that. If that's you, I'm going to tell you right now, we're a minute and 48 in. Uh, you probably want to turn this podcast off. Uh, and, and if I'm honest with you, I mean... You know, you can do what you want. If you want to listen to this podcast, it's free, and you can just listen to it any old time you want. Um, but you probably aren't going to like it too often, because I tend to say stuff, and, you know, it might upset you. Your tender little feelings. Anyway, you're still here. I gave you that warning 30 seconds ago. If you're still sticking around, maybe you're waiting to see what I'm going to say. Maybe you think I'm going to be political, and I'm going to say, I support the truckers in Ottawa. I'm just going to put this out there right now and completely spoil any surprise that may or may not have come from this uh, interaction. Uh, I do not. I think they're a bunch of petulant children who need to grow the fuck up. And yeah, I'll have to bleep that out. And it was worth it. Gosh, those people drive me crazy. What a bunch of self-righteous, self-entitled, undereducated, zero empathy dickheads. You know what? They're in Ottawa. Just go somewhere else. I don't even care where. Not here. You know what? Go to the States. It seems like you'd be happier down there anyway. I don't care. Get out of here. Go home. If you think that you're so special, you don't need to get vaccinated. Fuck you and fuck everybody you think is important. I got a lot of things to bleep out tonight. Maybe I won't. Maybe I'll just take a red E. That'd be fine, too. I'm already kind of deciding that that's exactly what I'm going to do. Did you think that's what I was going to say? Probably, because if you've listened to the Toronto Beer Podcast with uh, me, Chris Schreier, your host, you know I don't uh, suffer fools lightly. And if there's one thing that that stupid, idiotic convoy is full of, it's fools. Just going to put that out there right now. Uh, no, that's not what we're getting political about at all tonight. That's not even getting political. That's just using your damn brain. Okay. We're going to get political about something else. And it's not even politics. People always say that sort of thing is. This is just about being a good human being. Which includes doing things like saying, if there is 10 people at a table and an 11th person comes and sits down and they're displaying a swastika and none of the 10 people at the table say, hey, you shouldn't be here with that swastika. There's not one Nazi at that table. There's 11 if you're in a movement that attracts people who show swastikas and you don't say don't show a swastika, don't be a Nazi. You're a Nazi. Top secret. Oh, hey, Erica's just joined, which possibly means my kids are here, too. They were awake last time I saw. Well, it's OK. We already got the Red E stuff out of the way. So anyway, no, what we're talking about tonight, not politics at all. If we're honest with you, it's about intolerance and sexism, homophobia, transphobia, all forms of intolerance, and specifically how they relate to the craft beer community. And if you are involved in this community 
even in the most tangential way, this shouldn't be surprising to you. Uh, this is what... Uh, this is what everyone's talking about right now, as they should be. And we're going to talk a lot about it. Uh, the beer we're drinking tonight, incidentally, before we get too heavy. Oh, yeah. Brave Noise Pale Ale. This one, this iteration from Muddy York Brewing, my friends. Good buddies up there at Muddy York. Let's deal with the beer. And undoubtedly, I'm going to talk a little bit about the, what's going on uh, while we're doing this. But then we'll really talk about what's going on after. But let's do the beer part first, because the beer is important. It's real good. I've had it. I reviewed it for the zine. Nice. That was a good one. I didn't even hold it up to the mic. Let's get a pour for the kids at home. Got the old tulip here. What with the tulip glass? You want to know why? Because it was clean. There wasn't a lot of other things I could say that about. Got to run the dishwasher through after this. So here we go. Beautiful. Look at that. Oh my golly. Dark amber crystal clear fluffy white head. Gentle carbonation. Just the way we like it. What's going on? Why am I drinking this beer? Why are we talking about it? Well, again, if you follow along at home, it would be hard not to know that friend of the pod, friend of the zine, friend of mine, Aaron Broadfoot over at Little Beasts has been resharing uh, people's stories on her stories on Instagram. Gets a little confusing there. Actual stories versus Instagram stories. She's sharing their words on her Instagram stories uh, about uh, experiences of intolerance, be that sexism, racism, homophobia, transphobia, all that sort of stuff. And also, and legitimate, not being goofy here, trigger warning type uh, uh, warning here uh, does also deal with sexual assault um, uh, to some extent spou uh, mm, spousal abuse we'll call it spousal abuse partner abuse is the word I should have reached for there uh, a lot of really uncool unfriendly stuff but things that are definitely happening in our industry and we need to talk about and that's why I chose to do Brave Noise tonight you all will remember I was going to do a Black Lab beer tonight and I still might do that next week but uh, given what was going on right now with so much attention being drawn to this and the fact that Brave Noise uh, was born out of uh, uh, Brienne, Brienne. Uh, you know, I've, it occurs to me I've only ever read her name. I think it's Brienne. Brian? I'm not sure. My apologies. Uh, Brie? Can I call you Brie? Because that's I'm pretty sure about the first three letters. Um, but on Instagram, she's at Rat Magnet. And she did this same sort of thing, but with people in the States. Uh, now Aaron's doing it with uh, Canadian uh, brew and bar scene people. Uh, anyway, when, uh, when. Let's go with Rat Magnet, because again, I don't want to be presumptuous. Brie, Brian, Brianne. Don't know how to say it. I'm sorry. Uh, her initial foray into this exercise of amplifying the stories of people who would otherwise not be heard uh, led to the creation of this project, which is Brave Noise Beer. This is a beer where if you are a participating brewery, you can sign up to participate. You get the recipe to the beer. You make the beer with your own little interpretation. Uh, you produce it, you sell it, and uh, you have to donate to a cause. Most people opt to donate the... Uh, profits from said beer they also there's uh some requirements you have to uh state your company's code of conduct and link to it this is important because the beauty of uh having a code of conduct and stating it is then people can point to it and say uh this happened but in your code of contact you say that and if your code of conduct says that and this happened those are uh, uh incongruous so fix something uh it requires a certain level of accountability on the part of the brewery, and we love that. So that's what Brave Noise is, and, and Muddy York, as a very progressive brewery, is participating in that. They've made their own. Now, I happen to know for a fact, because I, as I say, I've reviewed this for uh, the zine, Spent Grains, probably heard of it. I talk about it, I think, every episode. Most of the time, I'm apologizing for it not being out yet. Well, top secret, kids, it's out. And uh, I do review this beer in the pages. So I have had this. I've done some research into it. Sort of the opposite of what I normally do on this sort of thing. But uh, I kind of think I know this beer pretty well now. This is like the sixth. No, fourth. I have about four, I think. Fourth one I've had. I was going to say sixth. I think I only bought four. Uh... 
I'm familiar with this beer, but we're going to take it apart anyway. And I got to tell you, I'm excited. I kind of wanted to drink this one earlier today, but I held out. I saved it for the Toronto Beer Podcast with me, your host, Chris Schreier. I feel like I'm doing station identifications. You know, like uh, the radio, I think it's like every 15 minutes they have to give the station ID. So like you're listening to The Edge, but that's actually CFNY. They have to say that for legal reasons, just in case you were being like bamboozled by uh, like a pirate radio station that was just pretending to be uh, The Edge, but was too afraid to do a station identification. I don't know. Radio rules are messed up, and the beauty of being in a podcast is I am subject to almost none of them. So, here we go. Let's drink this beer. Why am I so talkative today? It's because I've been off all day. I'm bored, guys. I am bored. And, uh, well, you're bearing the brunt of that. It's going to be a chatty one tonight. Here's the thing with this beer. Do you know what this beer is? It's an American Pale Ale. If you weren't uh, watching the video, you missed that I just winked saucily with my left eye. I'll do it again like that. Uh, it's an American Pale Ale. I don't know if they were aiming for Sierra Nevada Pale Ale or Dale's Pale Ale from Oscar Blues, which are similar but notably different uh, beers. Oh, hey, Jake, welcome aboard. Uh, when I first drank this, my immediate thought was Sierra Nevada Pale Ale. Why? Well, because it smells orangey, a little evergreeny, and a little citrusy. And you get some uh, malty sweetness that actually hits into the crystal malt category. I believe my initial thought, and I'm going to just confirm this here. Yeah, it's orangey and evergreeny for sure. And yeah, definitely on the nose. I'm so glad I'm still getting that. Now, again, confirmation bias. I'm expecting it, so obviously I'm going to smell it. Uh, but uh, I get this aroma that's almost like an orange hard candy, you know, like in a little wrapper, in a little dish at your granny's house, uh, like an orange hard candy, which I attribute to both the hopping and also the crystal malt. Crystal malt has a very sugary kind of smell to it, and I get that off of this beer. Predominantly orange peel and evergreen that's a little earthy, but there's this little pop, little hint of uh, what I would call an orange hard candy. Now, again, I've done this before, not my first rodeo. I know that on the palette, it presents slightly differently. Oh, speaking of brave noise, here's Mary Beth. Mary Beth has made a brave noise, and I believe it is, if not in package yet, soon to be in package. Mary Beth, you can back that up. Hit me in the comments. On the palette, this guy. Mm. Yeah. One more, one more, just in case. Let's make sure. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm. Mm. Yeah. Oh, that's so good. Uh, okay. It's hoppy, but it's not like IPA hoppy because it's a pale ale. It is super orangey, evergreeny, earthy, a little dank. There is some floral characteristics. They're there, but it's not the dominant. It's not a perfumey hop. It's very much an orangey, evergreeny kind of hop. Very nice. The orange hard candy that I talk about, it's less prevalent on the palate because there's more perceived bitterness than, than what you would necessarily think, especially if you, like me, are accustomed to New World late hopped IPAs. Uh, this one's got a pretty significant hop presence on the cheeks. Uh, you feel that bitterness. Um, right now, drinking it. Uh, now, full disclosure, uh, uh, what did I just have for... Oh, yay! Oh, whew, nice dinner tonight. We had Vietnamese cold rolls. Pretty good. Pretty tasty, not gonna lie. I only bring that up, and it'll make sense in a second, because I've found that flavors can affect this beer. This drinks a lot like, not just Sierra Nevada Pale Ale, which is like the OG American Pale Ale, but like super fresh Sierra Nevada Pale Ale, which I have not been to California as an adult, so I've never had Sierra Nevada Pale Ale from uh, Chico? Chino? Ch Chico? Wherever it is. Uh... Not once in my life, but I have procured cases of Sierra Nevada Pale Ale. I believe they have an East Coast brewery now. It was probably from the East Coast brewery because this would have been in Florida. 
but I have procured bottles of it that were uh, nigh on 10 days old, which in the pale ale world, that's still pretty young. Uh, so 10 day old Sierra Nevada pale ale, still very fresh. Uh, and this reminds me of that. Now, the reason why I brought up the Vietnamese cold rolls, not just to brag that my dinner was delicious, uh, but also because the other day when I was drinking this, when I reviewed it for the zine, I had one and I did the review and all of this that I'm saying right now was true and so, and I enjoyed it. But later that day, I don't even remember what it was I ate now, but I ate something and it was delicious and I had hot sauce on it. So that's pretty good. But after the hot sauce, I had one of these. And for whatever reason, something about the hot sauce did something in my mouth. It tasted a bit more like Dale's Pale Ale from Oscar Blues, which is also a, like a quintessential American pale ale. But it's, I mean, they're very similar, but it's different. And like to the point where I'd be like, no, that one tastes like Dale's Pale Ale. Um, and that's what happened to this beer, wildly. With a bit of hot sauce, we went from... Sierra Nevada Pale Ale to Dale's Pale Ale by Oscar Blues. So that's something to think about. What else do you need to know about this beer? I mean, uh, lightish body, nice carbonation, very hoppy, dry, piney, slightly citrusy finish. It just does exactly what you want a pale ale to do. Uh, as noted, I think, I still have not seen the recipe, and maybe somebody who has might be watching and could uh, weigh in on this. Um, I suspect there is some level of crystal malt in there, or at least maybe in this specific one from uh, Muddy York. I'm not sure. Uh, but certainly that is too style for an American-style pale ale. These days, everyone's kind of down on crystal malt because there was a period where, like, crystal malt became like the thing and it was like all you could taste in pale ales and also in a lot of IPAs. Um, it became a little lazy because the thing was like, oh, if you really want to jam a lot of hops into your IPA and you don't have the experience to know how and when to do that sort of over the, the life of the beer to get a ton of hops in without making it like unpalatably bitter, if if unpalatably bitter was the only way you could make the beer, then what you would do is you would dump a lot of crystal malt in because it has such a sugary presence to it that it would like ostensibly it would offset the hops. It didn't. It didn't fool really anybody who knew anything about what you were doing, but it became a thing for a while. Um, so much so now that the pushback is that like nobody uses crystal malts in IPAs and pale ales now because it was so overdone. So with that in mind, and again, assuming that there is some in here, it could be like Caramunic maybe, like maybe Caramunic one. Um, but I don't think so. I think it's just a straight crystal malt. I, okay. So Caramunic is, anyway, we don't need to go down that rabbit hole. I think this one has some in it and I like what it does because what it does is it makes me feel like, oh, I'm drinking like a very traditional uh, New World American pale ale. And it's great. It's really nice. I'll tell you a little bit more about it, but I need another sip. Mm. Yeah, really, uh, really tannic and earthy. Really nice. Uh, incidentally... What hops in it? Well, I know. It's 100% Ontario-grown Cascade. No, Centennial, not Cascade. Cascade's what Sierra Nevada's made with. Centennial is, I'm pretty sure, a child of Cascade. I think it's a derivative. Um, I think it was a, a breeding uh, stock that is, like, bigger. It's got higher alpha acids, but it's at... Fundamentally, it's still the same lineage it's just like it's like if you took uh cascade and turned it up to 11 that's what centennial is it's useful as a bittering hop but you can also use it as an aroma hop and it's 100 what is in this beer and i don't mean that like i'm 100 certain i mean i know that they say that 100 of the hops in this beer are centennial uh and not only that but they are from vqh farms right here in Ontario, and they literally made it in partnership. It's a partnership beer. So uh, good on VQH. Interesting, uh, Centennial is still pretty centennial even when you grow it in Ontario. 
the concern, or maybe not the concern, but the interest, the point of interest is always, if you take a varietal of anything that's grown in the earth, that's traditionally grown in a specific spot and you grow it somewhere else, what's it going to taste like? Um, because, you know, we talk about this terroir is a real thing. The flavors that are imparted from the ground that it's grown in is a very real thing. Uh, sure, people make a big song and dance of it when it comes to, like, grape varietals. And, like, not even just down to, like, specific vineyards. But, like, oh, this is a vintage that only used grapes from the southwestern facing hill. <laughs> is pretty specific uh that said this centennial grown in ontario by vqh farms uh vqh not vhq vqh i'm pretty sure i should look that up uh it's very good uh orangey evergreeny earthy it does everything you want it to again people always talk about floral I don't find Cascade or Centennial super floral anyway, but it's there. And uh, insofar as it's ever there, it's there here. So doing well. I think these uh, these binds are are they're good. Stick with them. Stick with these rhizomes. I like them. Mm -mm 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 -mm. That is good. I got a little bit more in the can. I'm going to pour it in so that I don't forget it. I've done that before. I've come in a day or two later into my office and gone to remove a can and then realized there's still a bit of beer left in the bottom. And then I feel sad that I didn't drink it. Okay, uh, looking at the label here, and I have done this, but I hadn't remembered this. Uh, in incidentally, it says, a collaboration with a big goal, a safe and discrimination-free beer industry. And that is a goal I can get behind. Uh, they do have a QR code. And it says, uh, scan this QR code to see our code of conduct. I've read their code of conduct, and I, I, I was going to say agree with it. Like, yeah, of course, it's a code of conduct. It's great. It covers everything. I like it. Uh, and they do say donations from the sale of this beer will go to the Ontario Coalition of Rape Crisis Centers. This is great. This is an organization that works to help uh uh, people in general, and certainly statistically, unfortunately, tends to be women, but not always, uh, who are victims of rape to, um, since they deal with that, it's not something you can deal with to help people through that very difficult time. Um, so great that that money is going there. Very, very much uh, where that sort of donation should be going for this sort of a project. So good on Muddy York. Delicious beer. Like, really makes me nostalgic for drinking Sierra Nevada in the States that one time. I've also had some old Sierra Nevada in the States. Not nearly as nice, but a fresh Sierra Nevada. Oof. It is something to behold. It is something to behold. And if you want to behold it, you should try this because while you won't be drinking a fresh Sierra Nevada, it will be as good, possibly better. But that's just between you and me. So this is Brave Noise Pale Ale from Muddy York Brewing, of course, in East York, not too far from where I'm sitting right now, but I do not get there enough. But I was very happy to see their driver. I am a terrible person. It was Alec or Alex. I can't remember if it was a C or an X. Very friendly, friendly delivery person and uh, very capably <laughs> delivered my beer and I was very appreciative of it. Uh, yeah, still doing a lot of beer orders. How about you? you? Going out? You can do that. It's fine. You can also order it. Still, it's great. I still cannot get over the fact that less than two years ago, because uh, if you recall, I was listening to the news a lot two years ago, because I listen to the news a lot all the time, because I listen to a lot of podcasts. But two years ago, I'd been hearing for about four weeks, about a month, maybe slightly longer, about, uh, oh, hmm, that's interesting, there's a, a very unusual respiratory virus in a province in China called Wuhan. That's where we were two years ago. And two years ago, if I wanted to order beer 
and expect the brewery to just send a truck to my house and drop it off. If I called up a brewery and said, hey, I want to I want to buy a two for a beer and I want you to drive it to my house and leave it on my front porch and I'll wave at you through the window. They would have said, uh, you're crazy, man. So a lot of really bad stuff has happened, but a few good things. And that's one of them. Uh, we can get our beer delivered now and God bless them. God bless them, everyone. Oh, what should we eat with this? Well, that's an interesting question. It's a classic, isn't it? You know what I would do with this? First thing that popped into my mind, I was grocery shopping earlier today. I want a spicy sausage. Actually, I bought a sausage and I like the sausages we're buying. They're real nice. They're from Light Life Foods. If you don't eat meat like I don't eat meat, Light Life Foods is pretty good. And those sausages are nice. But I really miss going to Verst. And I would like to drink this beer with a nice vegan sausage at Verst uh, with uh, sautéed onion, jalapeno, spicy mustard. Um, what else? What else? What else? Oh, obviously sauerkraut, because I love that on all my sausages. Uh, maybe some maybe it was not just sautéed uh, onions. There might have been some peppers in there. I'd be all right with that, too. Why? Not because any of those things necessarily works well with this beer, but a spicy, greasy sausage with a hoppy, astringent, dry pale ale, like magic. So that's what I want. If you would like to substitute a uh, real meat sausage, which sounded kind of dirty when I said it, but hey, your mileage may vary. Uh, hey, go ahead. <laughs> well, we already got it ready. Who cares? My kids aren't watching now. Stick a big greasy meat sausage in your mouth and enjoy. Enjoy it. I'm going to stick to my Light Life Foods or Versed uh, Vegan, which who knows? Maybe they're using Light Life these days. As I say all the time on this podcast, we live in a golden age for plant-based eating. And uh, I am happy about that. I don't eat plant-based all the time. We did just have uh, Vietnamese cold rolls with salmon in it because I do like seafood. But three days a week, full vegan. The rest of the time, yeah, I do my best. Anyway, I'm going to have another sip of this beer and then we're going to talk about intolerance. Stick with me. <sighs> okay, we're going to do it. Brave noise. Pale Ale, Muddy York Brewing, Brave Noise as a project born out of that time, uh, Rat Magnet on uh, Instagram. Man, the other thing now, I'm hoping I'm saying that right. I hope it's not like R.A. Magnet or something like that. Um, it's the problem with when you only read names. I really need somebody to say it so I know I'm saying it right. I'm trying here. I'm trying. Uh... Brave Noise came out of that first time. Aaron is doing that now for Ontario. Now, here's the thing. Have you checked it out? You should. And if you haven't, it's very easy. Go on to Instagram, look up at E.S. Broadfoot. That is E-S-B-R-O-A-D-F-O-O-T. E.S. Broadfoot. My friend, your friend, our friend, Aaron, sharing those stories. Hey, if you look right now, her stories aren't really jam-packed. Actually, they're getting fuller again. But she took yesterday off, and so she should. It was the Sabbath. Uh, but she is archiving them all, so you can go back and read them. And you should. Why? Well, because it's important to listen to these voices. Now, on the one hand, if you, like me, read these stories and feel genuinely awful about them, but also don't find them incredibly surprising because perhaps you know a lot of really douchey guys who do a lot of awful stuff. That's one position. Uh, on, on the other hand, perhaps you think you don't need to necessarily read them because there's no problem here. We're all getting along. We're doing great. Everything's fine. A lot of breweries made uh, beers for, uh, you know, the old pride uh, thing. And uh, hey, that should be enough, shouldn't it? Whether you're perfectly aware of the fact that there is a giant problem or 
blissfully, willfully ignorant of the fact that there's a problem, I'm not asking you to sign a petition. I'm not asking you to demand better of a brewery that you love or, or frequent. All I'm asking you to do right now is to listen. And in this digital age, to read is to listen. So just go read them. There's a lot of posts, okay? There's a lot. Aaron also frequently now, I think, certainly it feels frequent to me, I've seen it a few times, points out this is only about 60% of what she's been shared because in a lot of cases, a person will share with her for the sake of being able to share their story, but has said, it's not enough for me just to be anonymous here, I don't want you to post this. Or they've shared a story and Aaron's read it and thought, I don't know if I can post, this is a little too much, too bad, whatever. I, I don't know because I haven't read the stories. But for one reason or another, what's being posted is only about 60% of what she's received. So as much as there's a whole ton, there's a lot more. Well, not a lot, but a significant amount more. It won't take you more than 20 minutes, half an hour to sit down and read through those stories you might have some reactions and those reactions might be uncomfortable. Hopefully they are. They should be uncomfortable. Your reaction to the story of another human suffering abuse uh, should always be discomfort. That's, that's an indicator that things are going right um, in your brain. Um, if you read those stories and go, eh, like I said at the beginning of the podcast, you probably should just turn this off now because we're not going to come together on this one. And I don't want to waste your time and you're not wasting my time because I don't know who you are. And frankly, I don't care. Uh, but you can probably tune out right now. But you should have a visceral, possibly painful reaction to reading and, and taking on board these stories, these experiences of really horrific treatment. Uh, now, with that, a lot of people right away are going to be like, wow, this is awful and we need to do something about it. And that's very good. Um, I will say, slow down a little. Like, don't just dive in. Take a bit of time. On the other hand... There will be people who will read this and you will have reactions that are self-defensive or are defensive on behalf of the other. So and and I'm going to spell this one out for you. OK, I'm not going to name names. You need to go and read these stories yourself. But let's pretend that there was a brewery called Jim's Brewery. Because Jim, why not? And let's say multiple people have sent Aaron stories and she shared them talking about times that they were belittled, talked down to, talked around, ignored, pretty bad, right? Or worse, sexually assaulted by Jim or by one of Jim's buddies, right? But here's the thing. You listening to this, you love Jim's Brewery and you love Jim's beer and you drink Jim's Brewery's beers all the time. It's like Jim's Brewery is the beer that you always put in your fridge and Jim's Brewery is just around the corner and you go by Jim's Brewery all the time and your straight white ass always feels comfortable there. Male, pardon me, straight white male ass always feels comfortable there. And so when you hear these stories, and there are a bunch with some pretty explicit details about what Jim's brewery did to these people, your immediate reaction is going to be this. Something along the lines of, I don't believe you. I think maybe there's more to the story, which is to say, maybe you were asking for it. They never were asking for it. Or... Just to be like, 
I don't care. I don't need to think about this. I don't want to think about this. I will tell you this. Those are totally normal reactions for somebody who's very comfortable in the position they're in, and they don't want that comfort to be challenged. And if you're in that place, please hear me right now. Some of you will just refuse and will remain in that place. And some of you will cause a big stink and kick up a show to try and avoid leaving that place. And there are a couple of you who will go, oh, I shouldn't be in this place. I need to move out of this place. Uh, That last part, you're on the right track and it's going to be awful. And to some extent, most people who are talking from the position I'm speaking of have had to deal with exactly that. I got to be honest with you. For me, that moment was having to let go of Bill Cosby. Right. And to a lesser extent, Woody Allen, but very much Bill Cosby. Why? Well, Bill Cosby was funny as can be. His comedy was brilliant and I loved it and I loved consuming it. It made me laugh. It made me feel good. I liked Bill Cosby. I watched him on The Cosby Show. I liked all the people joking around about who Bill Cosby was. All of those business, hey, you gotta have the jello pudding pop, that whole bit. I loved all that. Hilarious. When the reality of who he was as an individual came out, I had to make a decision. And some people will tell you, well, you can uh, like the art but hate the artist or some stupid stuff uh, like that. And sure, you can. But there's a cognitive dissonance there that you have to accept and you have to realize that on some level, you're not being honest with somebody. (laughs) It could be you. It could be the people you're trying to justify to. It could be the person who's doing the bad things. I don't know. But somebody somewhere is going to get lied to in that situation. And the reality is at some point you have to decide whether the lives and dignity of some people who chances are you don't know mean more to you than your own personal comfort and ability to laugh or in the context of what we're talking about here with beer, your own personal enjoyment of what is effectively an agricultural product that's made. Do you care enough about other people to say, yeah, I might really enjoy this thing that this group of people does, but this other thing that this group of people does, I can't get on board with that. If, if that's what you're going to say, that's good. You're on the right track. If on the other hand, you're not willing to say that that's your call and you can make that call all you want. I will point out what you are choosing is, as I point out, an agrarian product made by thousands of people just within our province. And I promise you, nobody in the province does it that much better than anybody else. And uh, I can say that with some authority because I've been drinking these beers for a long time. You're saying that the that the enjoyment of that product is enough that I don't care about what they do to some other humans who I probably don't know, I'm okay with that. If you're okay staking that claim, then once again, you're still here. I can't believe it. It's almost 40 minutes in. Assholes like you have normally tuned out by now. But go ahead and tune out. Okay? Because, let's be honest, you're, you're a pretty terrible person. And you would choose the enjoyment of a beer over the dignity and well-being of another human. So with that in mind, it, uh, you know, you're still here. And I know you are because you're listening to me right now. Hey, good. Thanks for hanging out. Um, it feels really bad and really big. This is not a problem I can fix. I have personally contributed to the problem on more than one occasion than once um, through ill-thought-out jokes, uh, inappropriate jokes, to be sure, Uh, times when I've thought I was actually being a bit of an ally and actually what I was being was a total asshole. Um, 
these things are really deeply ingrained in us and our reactions, our responses, um, they happen instantaneously. It's muscle memory. And the only way that you can deprogram that is through intentionality. And so you have to work at it. Uh, but if you're in a place where, yeah, you want to make some changes, you are not going to single-handedly change the problems in the craft beer scene. I am not going to single-handedly change them. Aaron is not going to single-handedly change these problems. The way that these problems get changed is if enough individuals agree to make that little change that they can make, and all those little changes make a really big change. So, you're still here. 40 minutes and 22 seconds, according to YouTube. What can you do? Here's a couple of really, really quick, uh, easy-to-do things, okay? Go to Aaron's Instagram. I've already told you, ES Broadfoot on Instagram. Read those stories and just sit with them. Just take them in. You will have some reactions. Good, bad, hopefully not good. <laughs> bad, sad, angry. You might be a person who, to be honest with you, when I first started engaging with this was me, where your reactions were defensive. Your reactions were reactive. Don't act on any of your actions yet. Just take a night, open maybe a Brave Noise uh, beer, and uh, consume those stories and just sit with them. Just hold them. Just literally in yourself, hold those stories. If you've done that, that's a fantastic start. Then start thinking about what do those stories mean to you and how do they impact your actions? What breweries that you've heard stories about that have done things, uh, what of those do you care about? I'm going to be honest with you. Reading Aaron's stories, there's a handful of breweries that seem to be doing some pretty awful things. And I felt a little self-justified thinking, I'm going to say it. I don't think I've ever had a beer from Forefathers. They sound terrible. And now I'm really glad I haven't. But that doesn't make me better. That's just a lucky piece of happenstance. If you've, if you've seen a brewery listed or a bar listed or an individual listed, somebody or entity that you have some sort of relationship with, I'm not telling you to cancel them. I'm not telling you to ignore them from this point going forward, but I am telling you to use your dollars and your voice. So maybe they do have a beer that's really awesome and you would really like to still drink it. Talk to the people involved with the brewery and ask them what they're doing. They've been called out, often directly by name, sometimes by association. Whatever the situation is, talk to them and say, what are you doing about this? I saw you were mentioned in that and gauge their reaction. Are they genuinely uh, engaging in some foundational change? Uh, are they giving PR company style stock answers? Are they completely ignoring it and pretending like nothing ever happened? And then decide, hey, again, you're still here. I already told everybody else to fuck off. You're still here. If those entities, those groups, those people aren't making real changes then maybe it is time for you to say, I can spend my money elsewhere. Again, I promise you, <laughs> there aren't a lot of beers in Ontario that only one person makes. That said, this Brave Noise is real good. And then lastly, and this one's the hardest one, and I want you to do this safely, and I want you to do this... Uh, well, let's say not the way I would do it, with maturity and, uh, and with, uh, with responsibility. Um, but speak out when you see and hear these things. So all of these stories have happened, and some of these stories that Aaron has shared, uh, they're, they're explicit in the stories. These are things that happened one-on-one -on -one in a, you know, a place that other people weren't. Um, that's typically the way abusers tend to work. Um, but a lot of them aren't. A lot of them are stories of uh, uh, people being awful to others in wide open public spaces. Um, and the thing is, 
in most of the stories that get related, there isn't a person who stepped in and said, why are you talking that way? Why are you saying that? Who do you think you are? Um, so again, within your comfort level and within your safety, be willing to call people out. When I said, don't do it like me, these days when I hear stuff like that, I'm like, ooh, <laughs> well, this guy thinks he's tough. Let's see how tough this guy is. Um, that's probably not the right <laughs> approach. If I'm honest, and it hurts me to say this, that's probably not helpful for most people. It does make me feel good. Uh, but yeah, making it about you that way, probably not super healthy or helpful. But call people out. Or at least, and this is a great way, it seems a little passive-aggressive, but I swear it's not, and especially if you're not doing it with the intent of being passive-aggressive. If you see, and let's just be really specific, a uh, female-identifying bartender or, or worker at a brewery being hassled, being intimidated, being sexualized or, fuck, sexually assaulted by a person who's a customer, you don't even have to talk to the person doing it. You can just go stand next to the person and look at the bartender in question, the person who's the victim, and say, are you okay? I see that this terrible thing is happening and I want to make sure you're okay. That has this amazing equalizing effect because you haven't said anything to the person causing the problem. In fact, you can be really intentional and completely ignore them. They can be over here. You can be looking this way. But you give that person an out. Now, the reality and the unfortunate reality is most of us, myself included, we're not skilled and equipped and trained in this. But just that effort gives the person an opportunity, gives them an out, at least gives them a break, and maybe hopefully tells the person who's doing the bad thing, we see you. Often people in those situations are banking on the fact that nobody's going to speak up, nobody's going to do anything, nobody's going to remember who they are. So by stepping in and saying to the person affected, hey, I see this terrible thing is happening, are you okay, can I help out, does a whole world of good. Those are three easy steps. Read the stories and sit with them. Challenge the people who either are mentioned the stories and also maybe you know some stories that aren't listed. But hold those, those people accountable, those breweries, those bars, those entities, whatever. Hold them accountable to their actions. And lastly, when you see it happening in public, if you are able, and again, you know, I understand you need to take care of yourself and your safety. And in some of these situations, that's a very real consideration. I'm not detracting from that at all. But insofar as you are able, if you can, if you can interrupt, if you can step in and offer support, offer help, or if you want to be like me, just <laughs> go after the person causing the problem. Um, that does a whole world of help, not hurt. So, uh, those are three things that you can be doing. Uh, that's what we need to be doing with this, guys. We all need to be working and getting better at this. Also, I will point out, those are progressive. Don't presume to go out and try and be a white knight if you haven't spent time sitting with the stories and reading them and hearing them. If you're not willing to listen to the voices of the people affected, don't try and pretend that you can somehow help. The first step is listening, acknowledging, accepting those stories, and then the other steps build off of that. But if you haven't done that first part, you're, you're not doing anybody any good. The first thing you need to do is listen to the voices of the people affected, acknowledge them, uh, validate them, and, uh, and then work from there. Listening is the first step. And listen, don't respond. Just listen. I suppose if you want to respond and say, hey, I hear you, that's an okay response. Every other response, hold on to. You don't need to ask questions. You don't need clarification. You don't need details. Just listen to the stories and say, I've heard you. That's, that's what you need to be doing right now. Uh, this beer, Brave Noise Pale Ale, available right now at Muddy York in support of everything I'm talking about right now. Everything I'm talking about. Uh, 
any brewery in the world can make this beer and raise awareness and funds for this project. If a brewery you love hasn't made a Brave Noise beer yet, go ahead and ask them why. And if they say we couldn't fit it into the brew schedule, say you could try harder. You could try harder. Until the next week, take care of people. Bars are opened again. We didn't even talk about that tonight. We're not going to do a COVID PSA tonight. All the PSAing tonight is about taking care of people who are being uh, negatively impacted by the idiots and abusers and assholes in our industry. That's all we need to be focused on tonight. So think about that for the next week, especially as you're going back out into a semi-reopened world. Consider where your dollars are being spent and who you're supporting by spending them. Feel empowered and able to interrupt acts of intolerance and aggression and hatred. Most of those people are bullies. And the thing a bully hates the most and is most scared of is being stood up to. And generally all it takes is to stand up to them and they go away. So feel free. Uh, feel empowered to do that if that's where you're at otherwise i will be back in seven days on monday i believe it'll be the sixth looking at the calendar uh and i will be back hey maybe finally drinking that black lab beer there is only two episodes left in season seven i will drink a black lab beer before the end of that if it's since the last thing i do i gotta be honest with you if it's gonna be the last thing i'm gonna do I'm going to be putting more energy and emphasis into something a little bit more meaningful than recording this podcast. No offense, but it will not be the last thing I'll do. But if it's the last thing I do in season seven, that will be it. I will get a Black Lab beer into me because, gosh, I like Black Lab brewing. Anyway, until then, Aaron, we love you. Thank you for all your hard work and effort. Everybody out there who shared a story Thank you for sharing your story. Thank you for trusting us with your story. Know that you have been heard by a lot of people, a lot of people, and a ton of people have felt empowered and able to share their stories because you shared your story. So thank you for that. I cannot say it enough. Thank you for your honesty, your bravery, and your commitment to what, uh, what Aaron is doing and what everyone is working on right now. Uh, we really, really appreciate appreciate you have a good night guys bye